If you enjoy our podcast, please consider supporting Glass Tire. All of the money we raise, since we are a nonprofit, goes right back into our coverage of Texas's art and artists. Our coverage is supported thanks to readers and listeners like you. If you would like to contribute, you can do so at glasstire.com forward slash donate. Thanks so much and enjoy today's show. Hello, everyone. This is Leslie Moody Castro with this week's edition of Art Dirt. And I am here with artist Barry Stone, and we are sitting in a very beautiful, very fancy recording studio here in Austin, Texas, that is run by my brother, Mike Moody Garcia, and it is called Record ATX. And we are really lucky to be here because, wow, wow, Barry. (laughs) Yeah, this feels super official. This is way more official than my daughter's room. I kind of don't know what to do with ourselves. Yeah, better than Zoom <laughs> by by like one hundred and ten percent. One hundred and ten. Yeah, there's exactly. plants in here, and uh, we got fancy the glass bikes. tire logo on a screen over here. I know, man. That's why I was like, this is not video, right? Because <laughs> I feel like I'm on a talk show for sure. I do too, and I haven't showered. <laughs> Everything is fine. <laughs> it smells great in here. It does. It smells yeah, yeah, lovely. It smells great. Yeah. And well, Barry is here today. Barry is an artist and photographer, a friend and colleague, very respected and beloved artist in the city of Austin because Barry has been doing a project for since the pandemic, right, Barry? No, 2018, I started this project. It just happened to be like a really good pandemic project. <laughs> <laughs> Thank goodness for that. (laughs) But this project is called Porch Swing Orchestra, which I will be honest, I didn't fully understand what Porch Swing Orchestra was until I saw it, which I'm very lucky I got to see it because you are doing an edition or a series of it called Vast as the Sea at Colab Projects, which in full disclosure, I am a director and co-founder of Colab Projects. But that is also to say this has been an incredible project. And... If I hadn't seen it, I don't think I would have fully understood the impact of Porch Swing Orchestra or what it is that you're trying to do. So I actually want to talk about that. Barry, you also have a podcast where you interview all the artists, which I think is really funny because at one point in time I was like, but wait, who interviews Barry? <laughs> Talk to Barry. I, I imagine sort of talking to myself. Um <laughs> But that's going to be even lamer than weird. the actual podcast. <laughs> the podcast is great. <laughs> and it features interviews and conversations with Barry and all the artists that are participating in Fest is the Season. And yeah, but I want you to start off by telling us a little bit about Porch Swing Orchestra. And I also want to talk a little bit about how it like fits into your practice as a photographer and a photography-based artist. Yeah, so Portraying Orchestra, it's funny that you say it was hard to figure it out. It is a, <laughs> it is a complicated thing. I seem, I seem to make things that are complicated. Thank but, you for that, yeah. But it's pretty simple in a sense that um, it, it started out as a web project in 2018 where I would play guitar on the porch, and mostly I would do that so I wouldn't annoy my family, um, really, you know. Um, so I would record, yeah, I wouldn't, I would just play out there and and nothing would happen, which was fine. Then I would record something. I said, well, I should do something with this. Um, 
So I started recording little tidbits of improvisations outside and then take a picture. And usually it was at the porch. Uh, but then I was invited. I had a show at the Museum of Contemporary Art in Salt Lake City. Um, and Jaren, Jared Stephen, Stephenson, I think that's his name. I, I, I told you, we were talking earlier how I have like total anxiety about remembering people's names. Well, just to give everyone some context, today is Friday. And I just <laughs> asked Barry how his weekend was because I thought it was Monday. So we're doing well. We're doing <laughs> anyway, well. Jared Stephenson <laughs> uh, is a curator there. And he um, invited me to be in a show. And then he took me out to Spiral Jetty. And it was in January. And it was all iced over. But then there was also like, you know, there's that salt that's out there. It's like kind of pink. It was like the most sort of transcendent sort of photo experience I've ever had, but also he was able to get me a guitar and I did make some recordings out there. I was, it was so cold. Um, so they're basically on site, both improvisations and, and photographs, which I think photographs outside are always improvisations. So it kind of bringing these two worlds of photography and art together in a way that I've, I've tried to do for a long time and they never quite have really meshed. Um, They're so different. I mean, you're talking about something that is photography that is historically known as something or seen as something very static in a photo. If we're talking about a very broad definition of a photo and what we all know a photo to be, then it is capturing a singular moment in time. For sure. Right. And then music is time-based and, and, and all that. Um, yeah. I also... Um, and I love the still image, but I also love... You love the still image. I do love the still image. <laughs> um, but I also love uh, like album art and that sort of like magic of looking and staring into an image while you listen to something. Um, and that kind of those things kind of feeding off each other. Um, and the idea also was that it would be ephemeral. So I would... I would I would make a website and rather than post it on social media, for a long time I didn't post it on social media because I didn't... I didn't want to, you know, pay attention to the dictates of Instagram. It's got to be a minute long and it only can be this size or whatever. So um, I made a website and then they would go up for a week and then they would just disappear. And then basically the only way people knew about it was through like this email list. And when you say they would go up and then it would just disappear, what is what do you mean by that? Oh, it would be a picture accompanied by an MP3 or, you know, oh, a wow. piece of music, uh -huh. right? So and, and then they would be numbered. It would be PSO number... 110 and then there would be a, a name uh, that i would come up with um and, and that would be it and sometimes the images were straight just regular pictures and then a lot of times with my practice i'd you know get into the code and uh, of a digital file and scramble it a little bit to get a, a kind of a glitch uh generative glitch which is also a kind of chance operation and what kind of happened when i was listening to these you know recordings of course you're on the porch it's far from like, this is a perfect place to record. It's amazing. This is like the opposite of everything <laughs> that I've ever done. This is why we don't know what to do with ourselves. <laughs> exactly. exactly. <laughs> totally. Thank you, Record ATX. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it's wonderful. Um, so, you know, there's air conditioner. My neighbor's air conditioner comes on all the time. Cars pass by. People come in and out of the screen door. Uh, I get called in for dinner. You know, there's cicadas, you know, all that kind of stuff. And that becomes part of the, the piece that I really enjoy because... After a while, you know, I've done 220 of them or something like that. And um, you can really tell the seasons, right? I mean, sometimes you hear ice crackling on branches, but more to the point, you can hear different kinds of birds and 
that actually opened up a huge sort of a conversation between Mark Menjivar and I, who you know became a collaborator um, because he's super into birds. He's way into birds. He's way into birds in a way that's incredible. Like he does all kinds of uh, legit bird walks. And now he's working with the Cornell Ornithology Lab, which is like the premier institution for bird studies. Um, incredible. Yeah. Incredible stuff. And of course, he's super generous and um, and likes to geek out on audio stuff. So he's helped me a lot in thinking about field recordings and all that kind of business. So um, anyway, that and when you say you were recording yourself, was this just audio or was this also video at the time? Just audio, okay. right? So I just had like a little field recorder. I would just set it up. I would play a little something and then I kind of play around and then, oh, that sounds kind of neat. And then I turned on, it was very, <laughs> very loose. <laughs> Sometimes there was a song. And then, and then I started collaborating with people and this is before the pandemic, right? I would, I would have people record something on their porch mm-hmm. and then they would take a picture and then we would combine the music and the picture. So I, with, with the codes, just kind of mashing them together and they would create these kind of whirlwinds. And then you would hear, like if they were in New York, you would hear, of course, the street sounds and and then the cicadas from Austin or yeah. something like that. So you would actually combine the recordings and then go through and glitch the code like you do with your photos. Correct, yeah. I would actually like copy part of the code from their photo and put it in to mine or vice versa, depending mm-hmm. on whatever. And then, you know, those uh, early collaborations, sort of remote um, collaborations worked a lot of different ways. Like sometimes they would send me something I would record on top of it or vice versa or, you know, any any manner of uh, things. But it was always like two components, two things coming together, sort of being, you know, scrambled up. and Yeah. Then, Well, the definition of collaboration is very open and loose. Like, that's the point of it, right? So it's like, you have to be open to how everyone else does collaborate because not everyone's a musician either. Mark Menjivar is not a musician. No, totally. No, the first thing we did, he did a field recording. It's in um, Huntsville, Huntsville, right outside the the prison there where they execute folks. Um, Where Mark has been working for a number of years. And and deeply um, involved with issues of criminal justice and capital punishment Mm -hmm. and all kinds of things. Um, And so he recorded a woman that's a fixture at protest, at processing these um, when executions are about to occur. And it's just like kind of megaphone speech. Um, it's really quite powerful. And the story is really powerful too. So that, and then I played, you know, a, a piece sort of inspired by that, listening to that. And um, and I and I think we, we liked how that turned out. Um, later on, we, we, we played live together and he brought in, on your actual porch? Um, no, not on the porch, but we actually, when we, this is fast forward many, well, this fall, we were invited to play in the Songs in the Sky Space on UT campus in the James Terrell, uh, the Color Inside Sky Space, uh, which is a total bucket list situation yeah. for me. Um, and so what he did is he brought, he's got these, you know, modulated sound, well, it's like this big, you know, Almost it's a board. Yeah, it's a board. With like knobs and with stuff. Knobs. And like dials and yeah, it's like mad scientists. Like, there's board. like lots of cables. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. And he's been collecting this stuff for years and been really been into it, but never quite had played live. You know, he's done all kinds of sound stuff. I know he's done sound, you know, and Bartley and mm-hmm. all kinds of stuff with you and like pirate radio stations and mm-hmm. all the stuff that I love too. But um anyway, so 
he'd never really performed it live, so it was this great excuse for him. So he basically had these field recordings of birds that he just processed and played kind of like a laptop or whatever, while Paul and I, Paul Stottinger, who was my first friend, literal first friend who I met at the bus stop for kindergarten, um, when we still are collaborating, um, play, we played these, you know, this guitar suite of music. And then he really, Mark really brought it together in a way that was really fantastic, you know, and also has this way of making everybody feel at ease. Yes, he does. It's incredible. You know, we were, Paul and I were pretty nervous and, and Mark was like late because he was coming in from San Antonio and there was some sort of ruckus on 35. And as soon as he like sat down, he's like, okay, let's do it. And he's like, you know, some birds started erupting out of that board. <laughs> we were like, all the cables and knobs. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and some kind of magic was conjured. And we were just like, wow, this is amazing. And just the whole thing, just like, we're like, oh, we can do this. Yeah. You know, it was amazing. So that was really fun. Um, so when did it go? I mean, I want to ask you too, like, you've been playing guitar for a long time. Yeah. And something that Mark revealed to me was that you actually are well known in the music scene in Austin as well, which I have news a, to me. I have a music past. I have kind of, it's sort of, I don't know. Um, <laughs> I am a Gemini. <laughs> Props out to the Gemini the twins. Yeah, back in the day, came, music came first. Um, in the 90s, uh, in Austin, I played in this band called John Boy, and we recorded on Trance Records or Trance Syndicate, which was King Coffee's label from the Butthole Surfers. Um, no big and deal. No big deal. Uh, we were 19. We were super young and recorded a couple records, you know, toured, did all that stuff. And we were, we were actually hyper serious about it. I mean, <laughs> more serious than you can even imagine. Um, serious to a fault, alienatingly serious in some ways. But that actually, when that band broke up um, in a kind of spectacular way, I was like- Great word for a breakup. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I, I was like, fuck it. I'm not collaborating anymore. Uh, I'm going to art school. <laughs> and then you became a photographer. <laughs> and then I became a photographer. And it kind of winded my way through like design and all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I ended up doing photography. And then now, we, of course, collaboration is like the funnest part of what I do, um, which is, you know, and, you know, in the middle there, I had like an artist collective, you know, Lakes for Rivers that I made, which was also mm. or founded that, that was sort of you know, obviously a collaboration. Um, so, you know, I kind of dip in and out of these things. Um, I love it. And then, as you know, wrangling artists and cats and all that stuff, it's wonderful and rewarding, but very challenging. Yeah, I think collaboration, like true collaboration always requires a break. It requires having a foot in the collaboration and then something outside of it so that it is just your own. Yeah, yeah, totally. Because it becomes its own identity, right? Like, yeah. And that's what you want. Totally. So, yeah. But originally, the, the, the Port Swing Orchestra was just like this outlet for music and then you know, in a, a, a picture, you mm -hmm. know, try to bring these worlds together. And then the, the collaboration was sort of super fun and generative. And then, then the idea was like, well, how do we do it live? How do we maybe do something with other people in a, you know, in a space? And we had a, I guess our first event was on the porch and we invited folks to come play. Is this the perfect pandemic project? This was later. This is after the <laughs> pandemic. Uh, yeah, we we invited um, 
Lauren uh, Grant and Gavin Watts, who performed as part of Vast of the Sea. I'm wearing my answer shirt here. You can't see oh, yeah, it. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah, they're, they're, they're great. Um, I knew Lauren from art stuff because she worked at Laura Reynolds years ago. Um, also, I don't know if I can reveal that, but she is a karaoke um, monster. What? Um, I had no yeah. idea. I also worked with Lauren a thousand years ago at Laura Reynolds. Yeah. And I think that's one of the things that this project has been – I, I knew what I knew what it was going to be, but what I didn't anticipate was the way that it is bringing so many sort of I don't want to say generate, but many years of our community together. Yeah, and like, for sure. I haven't seen so many folks that showed up to the to the Gavin Watson Lauren show. Like it was so great to see everyone that I hadn't seen in so long, and then to see Lauren in a different context was for also sure. really playing, sweet. Playing yeah. drums, yeah, yeah, it's it really totally nice. amazing. Yeah, yeah, I think that's kind of you know also you know. We're all, you know, we all contain multitudes, right? Um, Do we? Yes. <laughs> Most of us. Some of us don't. Okay. okay. Fair enough. <laughs> but Lauren does. Lauren does. Yeah, for Lauren sure. definitely yeah, does. Absolutely does. And, and Gavin, her husband, contains multitudes as well. That guy does a million billion things. And when we're talking with Sean, uh, like we started talking about this in the summer. Sean this, Gallagher, executive director of CoLab and co-founder. That's right. Who thank, programmed this project. That's right. Absolutely. He's been involved um, from the beginning. And when we started talking about it in the summer, one of the ideas, of course, was to to try to bring in lots of different folks at different points of their kind of careers or what have you, right? So, and also bringing in folks that don't just live in, in Austin. So we have some San Antonio-based, Mark is in San Antonio and- Anthony Francis. Anthony Francis. Um, Which, what did Anthony do? So Anthony worked with uh, Xavier Gilmore, who is a sound artist, also a painter, also does a million things, San Antonio-based um, artist, who I didn't know, and it was it was a pleasure to get to know. Um, and he- for a back up, so Anthony had three videos. It was called Love in Three Parts, I mm -hmm. believe. And they were, you know, Anthony does a lot of different stuff too. He has a portrait-based practice um, that is mostly done in the studio, although that's somewhat changing and somewhat, I think, through video, um, where he usually, you know, has a deep sort of intimate connection with his sitter, Mostly folks in the the black community in in San Antonio, but also in Houston and and Kansas City, all kinds of folks. The project's called All We Be, um, and he'll sit and they'll talk about sort of the power of sort of gestures and their stories, and they'll kind of come up with a kind of gesture that sort of transcends a kind of typical portrait setting, but also a sort of uh, has an empowering kind of a index to their own experience. His practice is so much about love and empathy. Absolutely. You know, we had a great conversation <laughs> on the podcast, for the Porch Swing Orchestra podcast, uh, about that. I've learned so much through conversations with him. He's a colleague of mine at Texas State. He teaches in the photography department. And so Bell Hooks is somebody, and her concept of love is something that we we deeply sort of look into and, and talk about it. And I know it, he holds it very close in his, pro, in his, in his uh, work, for sure. So he had the, the suite of videos. They were kind of portraits in some ways. The first video was kind of amazing. So we have, um, as part of the Vast of the Sea, we're at CoLab, which is, you know, the venerated uh, nonprofit arts. Uh, Thank you. Uh, yes, absolutely. We work really hard on it. <laughs> uh, and it, I mean, 
It's amazing. Um, and it's been in so many different iterations over the years, right? From white wall galleries to sort of uh, community spaces. And the current iteration is a plot of lands about an acre or so in East Austin. And on it is a culvert that is 40 foot by 10 foot by 10 foot, you know, so a concrete rectangle. It is five culverts pieced together. Yes. Yes. To make a long concrete tunnel. Absolutely. Right. Beautifully placed um, in the middle of this kind of field. And each show is that that structure is animated in a completely different way, right? They bring in electricity and do all kinds of stuff. You know, there's sometimes there's neon lights, sometimes there's walls. I know the next installation is going to be bonkers and amazing, totally transformative. Back to you, Barry. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, so, so what we decided for this was, we have two video projectors that are mounted on the wall and they project on the ceiling. Um, and then we have blankets that are blue and green, moving blankets, on the floor to sort of encourage people to sort of lay prone and gaze up at the ceiling. And then we have big speakers that are around the sort of center space where presenters or performers can occupy that center space. Um, and and everybody kind of has pretty much the same um, sort of architecture to to animate. So Anthony's first video was a was a video of him, and he's it's just a kind of a frontal image of him, his face, and then he's got this square that he's cut out, and he puts it over his 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 eyes, and he's looking over it. But since it's on the ceiling, it looks like he's looking through the ceiling, like yeah. a sort of and into our space. He didn't make it for a collab, but it man, it looked like he did. That's the crazy thing about collab is that so many things look like they are really site specific. It was incredible. That I thought that that video just worked beautifully. And I have to say too, like those videos, the videos that I have seen look beautiful. They oh, all man. look beautiful, and they're all totally different. Totally different from narrative um, films. Uh, you know, Ana Trevino's. Uh, a film uh, that stemmed out of migration stories with Mark Menjivar. Uh, it was a collaboration out of a workshop they did at mm-hmm. Contemporary Austin where where community mem- members were invited to share their stories and bring a, a kind of um, a talisman or a prop or an object that sort of um, signified that, that, that migration story. And, and, and then they filmed on site. And one day their stories and it was just an amazing amazing film yeah just really really cool and then uh ariana gomez also had a story uh, or a kind of a, a kind of narrative but a little more abstract right that dealt with landscape her father um and her relationship with her mother yeah i thought that was i listened to that podcast too and i thought it was it was so deeply personal and intimate and how she was talking about her family and her relationship to the city of Austin and this idea of migration, extracting her mother from stories of her father. Yeah. And that's so powerful. And then like making that, drawing that parallel between Ariana herself coming back to Austin after living in New York for more than 10 years. Yeah. yeah. And then her mother's relationship to going back to Puerto Rico and like how that relationship is just, yeah, there's these ideas of migration and coming back to what you expect it to be and versus what it actually is and the reality of change. Totally. That was really powerful as well. Yeah. And, the and you know, she's trained as a photographer. She's uh, in her last semester as a, as a graduate mm-hmm. student at UT. 
So the visuals are really beautiful, but they're also, they were real varied. You know, some of them were kind of more formal and then some are very casual, a lot of different kinds of cameras. And like, I thought especially what worked in the, in the uh, uh, culvert was like the, some of the video that was through the windshield when it was raining mm -hmm. and the whole thing sort of looked like this, you know, water soaked cascade of, you know, shimmering lights and uh, lightning. And I was very, very cool. Very cool. Weather is particularly cool in the culvert. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it's uh, also something we have to deal with a lot. <laughs> yes, yes. It, it's something you're concretely yes. dealing with, not to make a terrible pun. But, That's a good uh, one, Barry. Yeah, thanks. Um, yeah. Well, I wanted to ask you, Vast is the Sea, why this title? Why this edition? Why this series? Why these artists? Yeah, boy. Um, Vast of the Sea is part of a, it's a shortened part of a quote that now I won't be able to to say, but it's from a, a, um, a film critic who says something like Vast is the Sea that um, a raft of sound floats upon, you know, in cinema. So it's basically talking about the, I totally butchered that, but um, we'll we'll put it in the show notes, I'm sure. It's on every like tag of Instagram posts we put, you know, but I can't <laughs> remember it. Um, but anyway, so um, it's about the relation of image and sound. And that's really, at its core, that's what Porch Wing Orchestra is. And that's what um, the series is. So all the artists are sort of, are, are bound, if you will, in diverse ways through ex explorations of image, sound, and community um, mm -hmm. uh, loosely um, in that sense. So that's who I was thinking about is who makes pictures and plays with sound um, and or who's up for it mm -hmm. uh, if they are not directly sort of engaged in it. And Ariana is somebody that I visited her studio maybe a year or so ago and she was just experimenting with film and i just thought that it was what she was doing was sort of beautiful and i thought that the the sort of the stories that she was dealing with would be really well expressed in a video and and she was going that direction anyway mm -hmm. so um what was nice about this project being just one saturday two artists per saturday it's it's an experimental space, so we can fuck up. You well, can yeah. totally so <laughs> we can fuck and, up a lot, <laughs> and you know, uh, and it's hard to put these stories out there and what have you. And she's at the beginning of her career and all yeah. that kind of business, and so you know, there's I, I'd be nervous too. Um, so, but just encouraging that. Well, let's just see how it goes, and you know, and. If it's terrible, uh, not that many people are going to see it. If it's awesome, you get to iterate, maybe do something again and build on it. Yeah. And, you know, we'll be able to learn from it. So far, it's been awesome. So it's been all awesome. It's There's been no awesome, terrible yeah. at all. <laughs> it has exceeded expectations. 100%. Yeah, totally. No, everything has been like really, really fun. And and we've had, speaking of weather, we've had insane weather. Uh, you know, like the first night we played, it was like 30 degrees. I mean, it was so cold. It was so cold that sitting inside of a concrete structure on the floor was warmer. Yes, yeah, and that, well, blankets were part of that sort of mitigation, but it also was nice to have that just for the sound and all that too. But um, man, it was cold. And then um, the second weekend was better, and then the third weekend was cold again. Um, and this weekend, um, it's supposed to be gorgeous. Yeah. Um, like ideal. Um, so I don't know what to do without like a giant bonfire and hot toddies and like- We'll still have a bonfire, don't okay, worry. Okay. <laughs> 
<laughs> well, I think too, I think the title, the bigger title, Port Swing Orchestra, is a really interesting one too, because our definitions of orchestra are like these massive, you know, ensembles of various chairs of instruments and yeah. people playing them yeah. conducted by a person, right? Yeah. And so you've also kind of glitched that as well to use <laughs> a phrase from your practice, Barry. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's, 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 it is an orchestra, but it's an orchestra combined of multiple components that come together on whatever platform it's on, which is a website or the podcast or the space. Exactly. That's a C. Um, yeah, yeah. Why Porch Swing Orchestra? Why the word orchestra? It's pretty much the, the the spirit that you you know tapped into, but it's it's also kind of a play like uh, port swing and orchestra. Port swing being sort of you know very casual, what have you, um, and orchestra seeming to be like kind of highbrow or whatever. Um, so I was actually like the, the way that came up was I was folding socks. Um, <laughs> literally, I can remember it. I was you know matching socks as we do. <laughs> I hate I hate that job. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. It's the worst part. It's the last part. I hate that job. Right, we've done everything else, and now it's time to like. Well, at my house, I have to also like segregate underwear and stuff, yeah. and I'm one one man of, and at that time three three <laughs> ladies, and and it's hard for me. I'm just gonna say that I come up short. I mix them up all the time. I do a terrible job. <laughs> it's a terrible job. <laughs> it's a terrible job, but I'm also terrible at it. Um, so I was pulling socks, and it just popped in my head, Port Swing Orchestra. And I, and I was like, and that was before I even did it. I was like, I'm going to make that project. Um, and I'm, what I'm going to do is I'm going to play on the ports. I'm going to record it, and then I'm going to somehow put it online and make make an hope, quote, unquote, interesting web project or whatever. Um I was also really interested in digital spaces. Mm -hmm. I still am, um, and making them not necessarily tied to algorithms that Meta's controlling or whatever it is, um, and also just making it an interesting, interesting space. We spend so much time online. Can we have something that is just not soul sucking and yeah. terrible yeah. all the time? Um, and and it was also a way. I did, you know, years ago when I was in Brooklyn, um, when I wasn't having shows and I was working all the time and all that kind of business as a way to sort of reach out. I, I did this like weekly photo. Um, it was kind of before blogs or whatever, which, you know, and basically it was an email and I just sent, an, an, you know, a photo I took. And I did that for a long time. Um, and I kind of wish I still done it. You but still can. I, yeah, but this has become that right. in some ways. But that was very meaningful, you know? Like people would, it was before Instagram, how it was before MySpace or whatever, <laughs> you know? Or maybe MySpace was around. I think MySpace might have been around, but it was before YouTube, which is crazy to think how old I am. But anyway. Um, <laughs> well, it uh, also allows, like, conceptually allows for the ambient sounds to come in. No, as well. totally. Like, yeah, where yeah. normally these Absolutely. things would be erased out, the track would be removed, you know? It's like it's. Yeah. No, yeah. totally. I think, you know, you just embrace your failures, right? Like, I know that I'm not going to be able to, like, also, like, melt your face or whatever with my guitar and play some kind of Pepe Romero, like, classical thing that you're just like, wow, I can't believe you did that. That's not my jam, you know? It's going to be a little angular or whatever. <laughs> but it's, so, the birds are going to help. And also, the birds are... <laughs> They're always going to. They're always going to happen. Like as soon as you get the perfect take, like some car is going to go, you know, whatever. Or the air conditioner is going to come on. It's like whatever. We're just. Mm -hmm. This is going to be part of a deal. This is life. This is life. You know. Um, somebody's going to come home with groceries. Great. 
you know, and that was kind of, it was also before that, you know, with, with the pandemic, we're all okay about that. You know, kids are running around, you know, in the Zoom and we're like, you know, we should acknowledge that we have families and all this. It's like, yes. And we're human. And we're human. Yeah. And, and not everything is like official and clamped down and whatever. Um, so, yeah, that's it was about that being a kind of, yeah, being loose. Yeah. Uh, because otherwise nothing happens you know because you're trying to be perfect all the time and he's like oh if i had time i would i'd write this suite of music and i you know i'd go in the studio and but it also doesn't allow for that like i mean what you're what you're trying to do is merge these two worlds of yours right which is like the photography world the art making practice with the music and the life and the life absolutely and that's you know that's i mean at the core that's really why i got into even photography, um, like when I was taking undergraduate class, I was I thought I was going to do sculpture. I was pretty into sculpture. I was studying with Mel Ziegler at the time, who I I was thought was the you know the, the bee's knees, and um, I took a photo class just randomly, um, and I remember taking pictures and then I developed them. I, I took these pictures in these parking garages, whatever. Just and then I realized when I was back in that parking garage after seeing the pictures, that experience was heightened, right? I was mm-hmm. like, wow, this parking garage is beautiful. <laughs> it has this potential, right? And so there was like this kind of lived experience, you know, sort of, um, you know, detournement or whatever uh, that was happening. Um, and But it was really felt, right? You could kind of, uh, then you can see a kind of potential in not everything necessarily, but in many things, mm-hmm. many things could be a picture. And there's a kind of politics in that that I was, I'm still into. And I didn't have to store any sculpture. Um, so that was a dub. Win-win. Duh, yeah, total dub, <laughs> uh, for sure. And then when I, you know, dropped a, you know, color film and there was no translation um, and I shot color for a long time. I still do. But, um, and um that was amazing. It was just this immediate one-to-one thing. Like the world is like all of a sudden alive in this way that's, you know, I think a lot of times people are like, oh, why don't you live in the world and not take a picture? It's like, well, that's not, it's it's not an either-or thing in some ways. It's actually the pictures make the world for me a better place and more interesting and yeah. more, you know. And, well, and everyone sees the world so differently. Absolutely. And it, we live the world so differently, right? Like, yeah, totally. Absolutely. Um, so, that's kind of where that came from. And then the, the music is sort of similar in that way. When now, when you hear, you know, it's that sort of Cajun idea, right? That four minutes, 33 seconds mm-hmm. wasn't about turning the pages. It's about listening to, you know, people coughing and birds and thing, wind rustling. And it's about listening to the silence in quotes, right? It's absolutely. like everything that happens when we think silence is totally. silence. It's a perfect thing, right? Because it's a bracket. It's four minutes. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, a, it's a parameter for a, a chance operation to occur. And it's amazing when you start to listen, like when you start to listen to birds and like start to identify who they are, you know, you can download an app, you know, as again, shout out to Mark for showing me that. And, and all of a sudden you're like, oh, that's a wren, that's a Carolina wren. And they're all the time screaming and like uh, cardinals, man, cardinals are the greatest. Um, 
It's delightful. You know, that if you can turn that into something that's, you know, generative, mm-hmm. yay. And I have to, like, this word delightful is such a perfect word because that's what this whole thing has been, is just delightful. And I've spoken to all of the artists, or most of the artists that you've been working with and invited to perform at Vast as a Sea, and every single one of them just talks about your generosity. And it's been, <laughs> you roll your eyes. <laughs> and, and that is so rare when there is, you know, one artist who is sort of the center of oh. a project and unanimously everyone is just like, Barry is so generous and so open and so welcoming in this project. And you have opened it into something that is bigger than what you expected it to be. I'm a negative Nelly in some ways. Like, I think I'm just surprised that anything works. I hear you. And everything has gone wrong, I have to say, but we've been able to (laughs) sort of cobble it together. Every week is a new Every week is a new problem. And and it's continuing, which is crazy. That's wonderful. Yeah, well, well, you know, it's, well, that's also the great thing about working with y'all and Sean is he has seen also everything that possibly could go wrong and has the kind of confidence and sort of know-how to like work it, work around it in, in a way that's that's also true to the vision of the, the, the artist and 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 the thing itself, and which is pretty rare, you know, um, because there's a you know a lot of times when we could just panic and yell at somebody. You know, I lived in New York for a long time, and that's that's the mode there. Um, mm-hmm. Not with my gallery necessarily; they're amazing people. Um, but like when I was working at nonprofits or whatever, you know, and like there would be, you know, some problem with the light switch and some would just like be banging on the table with their fists screaming. <laughs> and it's like, why? What's happening here? Is this helping? This is not helping <laughs> <Bro>. me. <laughs> this is just creating anger in me. But, you know, there's like a cathartic thing, um, which it's, I guess is a different way of working. But Yeah, it's just a very, I mean, to, to see it's our job you know, as directors to put the artists at ease in their project and to like help incite confidence in the project. And you have done that with this project as well. No, I feel like I'm a cheerleader yeah. um, for sure. And I'm also, what I'm trying to do is I see, just like you probably do, when you see an artist and you see, they could totally do this. Do you know what I mean? It's totally possible. This is totally what you can do. And yeah. also this thing that you're doing, it's amazing. And you're already doing it. And you're doing it. Let's you know, let's, you know, put some handles on it and 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 mount it to the ceiling. You Formalize know? it just a little bit more. Yeah. By gravity a bit. Exactly. You know, and we uh, uh, definitely, I mean, that's part of my teaching experience, you know. Um, that's the joy of teaching uh, 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 photography students or art students in general. Um, God, we just had a great, you know, I'm teaching a, a, a capstone class. Um and we had like a you know the sort of proof print session where we make these like kind of trashy prints of their work, and then we do this kind of game show where we put them all up, and then you know they turn them over and they leave just four, and the artist can't touch it until there's four, and they can bring one back in, and then we put it on the wall and talk about that edit, and then we change the edit, and it was really amazing to watch them sort of move around and and move those pictures around, and and the pictures transform from sort of like these sort of vague sketches into something that looks like something. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it and that's such a powerful, and I get a little goosebumps thinking about it. It's just a, it's alchemical when you see like this, and then you see somebody look at their own work in a new way and they're like, oh, wow, I didn't, that's cool or whatever. And then they're like, okay, now when you go back in, 
think about this. When you go back and make more pictures, lean into that part and see where it goes. And then it becomes this thing where the where the work feeds the work and you're answering the work's question and it's sort of outside you and of you at the same time. That to me is just like... And you're looking at it with a different lens, right? Totally. You have some distance from it so You've you can actually a, be self-critical and like... Totally. Yeah. It's just a rare, beautiful moment to to see. And then, you know, really trying to facilitate their story, you know, yeah. not my story. Um, people have heard my story and people like me, their stories for a long time. So thinking about how to... Yeah, like to just to make that happen in any small way that I can, you know, um, it's, well, and, it's super fun to just watch it kind of happen too. And this is the nature of collaboration as well. It's like you you start something and you don't expect how big it will grow, and then eventually it grows bigger than you. Yeah, because there's so many voices involved, and all you do is sort of navigate it, right? Like you just sort of, you've got your hand in the pot stirring things, but when it comes to how things come to fruition, it's completely outside of no, totally. what you play at. Right, which is just like also like making an artwork, right? You've made an artwork and then you like put it out in the world and like, who knows? <laughs> there's <laughs> exactly. a lot of trust. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of trust there and, the, and a lot of chance operation, right? And who knows what's going to happen. Sometimes it's great and then sometimes it's not great. And sometimes it's not great. Sometimes it's less than great, yeah. for sure. Um, definitely, yeah, of course, experience that all the time. Um, so, yeah, but that's the, you know, which is love, right? Um, that's the risk, right? Yeah. That you're sort of making yourself sort of vulnerable, um, putting yourself in a position of trust um, and seeing where it goes. <laughs> where does it go next? What is next for? Uh, what's for next? You know, um, I'm not sure what is actually next. I think we'll probably, I want to do some more events probably in the in the summer or late spring, but nothing's really sort of planned. I'm so sort of in this business. Mm. Um, I should say though, um, I'm having a solo show at Klaus von Nietzsagen in New York, which will be work sourced from Port Swing Orchestra, Amazing. which is kind of the first time that those worlds have really come together. Although I had a little piece in a group show when they opened their new space in Tribeca and that, went well, which was nice. It was just a framed photograph um, that sort of was accompanied by an MP3. Uh, um, but this show will actually have a sound piece that's crafted for it. I'll have a lathe record um, that will be will have the sound piece on it that will be kind of available in a kind of, you know, addition. Um, and then there will be framed photographs that are pieces from that that are sourced from the sound piece. Um, and then there are also, hopefully, I think this is still sort of being worked out, other kinds of photographs that will be uh, directly adhered to the wall. Oh, wow. So it'll be, you know, it's a kind of a squarish room. I'm in the front room. There's two rooms um, in the new uh, Klaus Gallery. Um, so it's kind of has a sort of surroundy kind of feel to it. And I really want to kind of lean into that. Um, so I'm excited about that, and and they're excited about it, which is really cool. Just to kind of really like, I mean, Portswing Orchestra is sort of the side project becoming the main project yeah, yeah, in yeah. some ways, because yeah. uh, I just can't kind of get enough of that sort of thing, and it's just super fun to to, to kind of lean into. Um, so that that I can kind of really turn my attention to the production of that, although a lot of planning has you know sort of been underway since you know the summer. Um, and then I'm also excited about 
thinking about images and, and music. I have this project called, um, what is the project? It's called Mountains and Stars, <laughs> which is like, a it's more of a straight up like songs. And it was a band that I started in, in Brooklyn when I moved there. I was sort of nostalgic, I think, for Texas. And, uh, you know, when I was in making music in the 90s, it wasn't anything but like uh, – uh, country music with banjos and you know yeah. guitars and tight harmonies. It yeah. was you know guitars and screaming. Yeah. Um, <laughs> mm -hmm. So and fiddle. Um, so we recorded some stuff. And I, when I got a job coming back to Texas in 2007, we went in the studio and recorded a bunch of songs because like oh my god, I'm going back to Texas. It was kind of a sudden thing. Um, I think somebody bailed and they're like, how about this other guy comes down? Let's hire him. It's a great uh, idea. It's a great idea. And then now they have me forever. <laughs> anyway. So, ever and ever. Forever and ever. <laughs> um, so uh, anyway, the, the recording had a lot of problems in it, technically, performance-wise. And I would get overwhelmed in, in, in fixing it or whatever. But my friend Paul Stodinger, first friend, Paul Stodinger and collaborator, who's also a music genius, has a music degree, so he knows all the theory, but also... Start off as a drummer. Um, I can remember him picking out tunes when we were uh, picking out uh, Van Halen's Jump and playing it on a little Casio keyboard just by ear, which blew my mind. Cool. Totally. So he was able to, and, and we were able to record new tracks or whatever, and we got a grant from the city of Austin. They're going to make a record. We're going to press a record of that, but it's going to be accompanied by images my great-grandfather took oh, uh, wow. around the, the turn of the century in Montana. And there are these black and white photographs that he took of of his life. He took these selfies but he also took a lot of pictures of my great-grandmother, who I loved. Uh, I never knew him. He died young. He died at my age, like, you know, in his 50s. Um, so, but this, these pictures, there's about a thousand of them in this little museum in Red Lodge, Montana, where he lived in the 20s, um, called the Carbon County uh, Historical Museum, Historical Society and Museum. And there's about 1,200 of these pictures, and they're all bangers. Um, I think he threw away the bad ones. They're just like, they're astonishing. Um, so I've I, I wanted to do something with these pictures. I found a bunch of prints uh, in my granddad's uh, trailer, which was the subject of my show at at, uh, at Laura Reynolds called Lost Pines. Um, and so those p pictures have been collected into a 40-page book that will accompany the record. Wow. And, uh, and I've kind of edited it to be kind of a love story. So he was an electrician, and he uh, met my grandmother installing an electricity for the first time in their house. I mean, right? And there's story. these pictures. There's these pictures of, like, them going out and, like, hanging wire, right, electrifying the, you know, the, the nation's midsection. And so they're out, like, camping rough in it and there's pictures he has pictures of like stage coaches going through like creeks wow and all manner of crazy stuff like the first airplane in montana he was real into tech um you know and like bicycles and motorbikes you know and but also chickens and horses and you know his fellow workers it's amazing i'd like to do a proper monograph of that um at some point it's a little overwhelming um but anyway this was sort of like we could do a it's uh the the album's called watch the years gather mm -hmm. which is you know many fold it's a lyric from the one of the songs but also it took almost 20 years to get this music out 
And then I'm writing songs in that idiom and want to sort of perform those as well. And we're going to have a release at Northern Southern as a part of Fusebox Festival on Thursday, April 11th at 4 p.m. And Bill McCullough, photographer who lives right around the corner from here, will have a show up who I adore. He's an amazing photographer, um, does mostly street stuff, but he does music stuff. He's He is a, speaking of containing multitudes, he's a pedal steel guitar player who's played with Knife in the Water, which is a great band wow. since 1996. Whoa. So his pictures will be at Northern Southern, and he has agreed to play a couple of Mountains and Stars songs with the pedal steel, which is a dream come true. Congratulations. Yeah, I'm very excited. This so is that, very exciting. Yeah, this it's is, very this exciting. This is April... April 11th. April 11th is part of Fusebox programming. That's correct. So you can see that stuff on this. I think they call it Barry Stone and Bill McCullough or something like that. Um, but um, And we're trying to get these other guys from Mountains of Stars to come, fiddle players in LA, the, the other guitarists in New York. They've got kids. It's complicated. Complicated. We're really trying hard. But um, Bill will be there. And probably I'll probably play with Paul too. Um, it'll be a it'll be a fun a fun thing. And it's free and you don't need tickets. It's oh, it's great. a part of Fusebox Festival, but you can just show you up. Show up. Wonderful. It's just true spirit of Porch Swing Orchestra. Absolutely. Yeah, well, yeah. Barry, congratulations on everything. Um I sh we'll talk about this later, but I have an obsession with mountains. Oh, good. And I've been working on the third of a three-part series of exhibitions on mountains, and so you and I will have a conversation. Oh, perfect. Right. Um thank you all for listening today with my conversation with Barry Stone here at Record ATX Studios, which is very fancy and very nice. And it is. We don't know what to do with ourselves. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks <laughs> for pleasure. thinking about talking of to me. Of course. Oh, also, this is a dream come true. I started a podcast to be on a podcast. <laughs> well, here you are. <laughs> it's part of Art Dirt with Glass Tire. My name is Leslie Moody Castro. Thank you so much, Barry. Yeah, thank you. Cheers. This podcast was recorded by Glass Tire and edited by William Saradet. Copyright Glass Tire 2024.